everybody, and welcome to Mom Cooks Fast and Slow. I'm Alex Sullivan, and I'm delighted to have you at my kitchen table. Today, I have the Palliser brothers of New York City's famous Scots Flowers. Rob, Chris, and their younger brother Johnny grew their father, Rob Sr.'s, flower business into a major player in the florist space today. We talk about the essential family values that make working together a success, the highs and lows of running your own business, and how every person in the Palliser family plays an essential role in the business still today. The best part of this for me is that I've known the Palliser brothers since I was a little kid, and they are an amazing example of how to be wonderful brothers to each other, sons to their parents, and an inspiration to any family business today. So, without further ado, I give you two of the Palliser brothers of Scott's Flowers. I hope you enjoy. Rob, Chris, welcome to Mom Cooks Fast and Slow. Nice for Thanks for having us. Um, so I'm excited to have this conversation. I thought we would start out just by explaining how we know each other. Um, and I'm going to tell it from, from my perspective, but I, I actually would love to hear from your perspective too, um, kind of about our childhood. So we grew up together. Our families were best friends since probably I was six or seven years old. Um, and we did life together. We got together for family barbecues. We went on vacations together. Our parents are best friends, you know, forever. Um, and now that my kids are starting to grow up, we have, um, some family best friends here in town that have three little girls and I have the two boys now. So it's flip-flopped. Um, and my boys are running around like the crazy idiots that they are. Um, and, you know, we go on family vacations with these three little girls and they're sitting there and they're so sweet and so nice. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so funny because I was the girl with the crazy boys running around teaching me how to have, you know, brothers. And now I'm the one with the crazy boys teaching the sweet little girls how to have brothers. So, um, how does that feel? It's, it's just funny. It's, it's, it's great. I love it. I'm, you know, I'm so grateful for the relationships that we had as kids. Um, it's, it's something I, you know, think about all the time. And so I'm glad that they kind of have an equivalent of that. Um, and we, you know, we grew up together and then we kind of all went to college and did our own thing. And, and then for me, you know, post COVID, it was like, you, you kind of got back to the the reality of what's important in life. And it was so nice when our families got back together and, and had that dinner all together and touched base again. And um, I'm so glad we're, we're doing that more now. Um, so that's my perspective, but I'd love to hear your perspective of us all growing up. Um, it's interesting to, because we do go way back and to see what did I take away from our childhood memories and like what what were your memories and what were Chris's uh for, for me it would always be like when we would go to that um Vermont and we would stay at the guest house um I something about our families because we would I think we did two years there um I always go back to those times um and very interesting to see how life just does evolve and you know, uh, you get into colleges, you go to schools, your networks change and your, your life evolves. You find your significant other and you kind of do go your separate ways. But I guess our parents were always the, the the nucleus of everything. Right. They always maintain their relationship. And um, 
Yes, in recent years specifically too, I think um, there's been that coming back together um, sense and just interesting to see how, you know, life still moves on, um, but we've always been able to maintain really good relationships even with us um, and we're glad to be here. We are today, um, but it's just been great and a good ride. Hopefully uh, those ski trips trained you for what it is like to be around boys all the time. You know, hopefully we, we helped you with that. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I was going to say I crush at Mario Kart. My kids yeah. are very impressed with my Mario Kart skills. Thanks to you guys. So there you go. <laughs> um, no, go ahead. I was going to say, yeah, similar. The ski trips, some of the uh, even the graduation parties that we had, right, as we were all graduating, graduating high school at the same time. Um, just a lot of fond memories and, and that's a, uh, a very forming part of your life, right? Of like growing up. So we had great times. And like Rob said, our parents were always very close. I always, since I was a kid, remember your mother just being on it, on the ball. And I was always just like, I don't know. Like, she's like a lot for me. I'm just trying to play Mario Kart and chill. Um, <laughs> but listen, it's, it's been a great ride. And like you said, it's great that we could, connect again and in, you know, whether it be a friendship or, or a professional manner, um, it's cool. So we're ready to get into it. Cool. Okay. Well, speaking of, of family and kind of going separate ways and then coming back all together, you guys now run your, what was your dad's flower shop in New York city called Scott's flowers. Um, and growing up, you know, we always heard about your dad's flower shop and, you know, he was going in and out of the city. Um, and you all had your own separate path. So it's you, Chris, Rob, and your little brother, Johnny, the three of you guys, um, kind of run, run the shop to its fullest extent now. Uh, but you really grew it into a large business in New York city now. Um, you know, when I, I told someone this past weekend that I was interviewing the guys from Scott's flowers and there was like, how do you know the guys from Scott's Flowers? It's like, ah, let me tell you. <laughs> um, so I, I wanted to get into a little bit about how your dad started um, and then how that evolved into you guys growing it to be the company it is today. So if we could just go through that evolution. Yeah, sure. Um, so my father worked as a young kid in the flower industry with his uncle, uh, when he was a young teen. Um, so he was always a worker. Uh, he didn't go to college. Uh, he also got drafted into the Vietnam War. So when he returned back home, uh, again, no school, not really a big education. The only thing he really knew was the flower business. And he was someone who had vision, though, and didn't want to, you know, work for someone else. Uh, he wanted to start his own thing. So, you know, he asked around, got some money. You know, he'd ask everybody, friends, family, uh, about, I think at that time, maybe like ten to $15,000. And that's all you kind of needed. And he was able to pretty much jumpstart um, his flower business. He started in Queens. And he had many, many different shops in Queens. You know, he... I think at one point he might have had like three or four running at the same time. Yeah, when we maybe close or you know he would uh, bounce around a little bit. But he he did have one staple, and um, he kind of consolidated all his queen shops into this one. And 
Then in 1982, he bought another shop in the city. That was called Scott's Flowers. Scott's Flowers was already a business being run by Ed and Ruth. They are the originals. Uh, and they started the business business back in 1947. So then my dad comes along, uh, a lot of experience in the Queens area, um, having already a few years of experience in the business, decided to make the decision to buy a shop in the city. And he did. And that's how kind of uh, the Palliser, our family, our generation started with Scott's Flowers. Eventually, he left Queens, sold his businesses there and put it all into, you know, all his work and effort and attention into the city shop because that's where really was the most prosperous, the most opportunity. And that's where things were moving, obviously. So, you know, he had a good chapter there uh, when, when before I came along. So he, you know, they did, they did everything, big weddings, big events, you know, uh, the phones were crazy. It's just, it was a, but it was a different type of operation than what it is today. Um, I joined in 2011. All right. That was the first, the oldest brother. So obviously the other two were still in high school. We were still in college, Chris. And I joined. I joined actually very organically. Um, this was not a, you know, I didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life still. I graduated school. And at that time, 2011, it was still pretty recent after the crash. My dad's business was not in, you know, was, this was not a time you're really bringing people on still, right? So I was kind of just, you know, messing around still, not doing anything. And my parents were like, you know, you can't do what you're doing right now. <laughs> and we really don't have a position for you at the flower shop. But you got to go in two days a week just for structural reasons while you, like, look for other, figure your stuff out. I was like, fine. And what basically started as two days a week, very naturally, and me not knowing if I want like this, if I didn't like it, it progressed into, uh, you know, me kind of figuring out, okay, you need a website. People need to find you on Google. You need social media. Social media wasn't there. Sorry. You need an online presence. Okay. So I've really started to modernize the business, I guess, if you will. And what started as a two-day gig uh, then turned into a five-day gig. Before you knew it, things were moving. And I moved into the city with Chris. We lived in the East Village. Great time. Great time. Great chapter. But I would come home every day giddy, in a good mood. And Chris was always, like, looking over. And Chris was working in, you know, uh, you know for a financial firm very corporate atmosphere. And just after two years living together, I would tell him like, hey man, I need help. I really could use you. Um, and Chris was kind of not, and, and you can kind of speak, Chris, on more of this, but it's just is that kind of convinced him to eventually come to the flower shop. He wasn't happy with what he was anyway. Then Chris came along in 2013, 2014, and then we just, he brought like a whole another dimension to the business, that whole corporate structure and all these other things that I kind of, you know, I'm a little off the cuff type guy, but um, then things just really evolved. Um, then finally, the last uh, brother, Jonathan, I think Johnny always knew he was going to join the business probably. Um, oh, interesting. Okay. And 
right out of college, didn't even think about joining or even looking elsewhere. Just boom, hey, I'm here. What do you want me to do? He had a great attitude. And he kind of organically fit in just as well in another niche position that either me or Chris want to do. So we all have different roles. We stay in our lanes. We're focused on what we do. And we have a great working relationship and great personal relationship. So um, that's the gist of, you know. I mean, it's amazing (laughs) that three brothers are able to, I mean, for how you fought as kids, (laughs) that you are able to have such a wonderful working relationship. I mean, how does that, how does that look as brothers and then also as colleagues? Yeah. Everyone asked that. First of all, going back, everyone's like, oh, you guys work in a, in a flower shop. They think like a nice little dainty thing on the West Village, you know, like on the corner and three of us are working in a tight little space. We have a decent space here um, in Midtown Manhattan. So, you know, we have three levels where the office is upstairs, production floor, and then storage in the basement. Um, the way it works is because what Rob alluded to is like, we all stay in our own lanes. Like I don't, if Johnny does, handles all production and flower buying and all of the uh, making sure we have delivery drivers and scheduled and whatnot, I don't get involved with that. So if someone comes to me and goes, hey, Chris, we have an issue with the delivery, you know, um, whatever, to 58th Street, your natural intuition is to be like, oh, right, like I'm one of the owners. Let me help with that. I'm like, nah, go see John, you know, and and I'm not doing it to be a jerk. We're doing it just to make sure that everyone knows who to go to. Right. Like in in what the organizational structure is here. Um, We've kind of it's kind of like just evolved where we're all working within our strengths so johnny is definitely a boots on the ground like you know he'll come in cut flowers rip boxes like he likes getting his hands dirty and it really works for him um so great that wasn't what i wanted to do uh i kind of with like what rob was saying some of my corporate background was good at dealing with our corporate relationships right so when we have clients reach out to us and they want to set up maybe a contract for the year to have weekly flowers delivered to their building in addition to some sort of maybe like discount or something for luncheons and whatnot when they need like bulk order centerpieces like i would structure all those deals and and um you know make sure we had all our ducks in order in addition that kind of just leads to like the salesy part so i oversee the whole customer service team um, you know, email inquiries and stuff like that, that we get. And I just make sure that that department's being handled. So I'm also good with numbers. I handle all the finances, legalities for the business, payroll and whatnot. So that's kind of how my role was carved. And I would say Rob, um, you know, kind of what he started doing back in 13, 14, um, really worked on that online president's website. He's really good at e-commerce and marketing and those email campaigns and whatnot. So he makes sure that the online business ticks, right? And that technology is, is as good as it could be. Um, in addition, and he won't say this, but he's also a really good culture guy. So he's the one that does all the Scott's happy hours. You know, we went to like a Met game last summer. We go bowling. So Again, some things I'm not always thinking of, but like it's obviously super important to have in in, in growing a 
you know, like, again, like a family, like we have about 15 employees now. We're probably closer to like 25 pre-COVID. Um, so it's, we treat everyone like, you know, like part of the family. And, and a lot of people say that, but it's really important that you're like involved with each other's lives and it makes people care more about what they're showing up to do every day. And I'm sure it helps that you guys as brothers started that. Um, and also your mom was working a little bit too. I mean, it was really a family affair, right? So yeah, I, we can't leave Sylvana out. She, she we wouldn't can't be, leave yeah. Sylvana out. <laughs> so my mother does, you know, so that's funny is that my dad had a, um, a bookkeeper back in the day that he hired who was doing the QuickBooks once a week. And she had to go back to Europe for um, personal reasons. So my dad like needed a bookkeeper, couldn't find one. And my mom was like, all right, this again was post crash. So like he wasn't looking to hire anyone specifically. So my mom like took QuickBook lessons and learned it and started doing the invoicing and started just as like paying the bills to like running all of like our accounts payable and making sure like our banks are all in check. And, you know, I applaud her. She's, she's one of the more organized individuals I know. So that's why she's really good at it. Um, but yeah, she comes in once a week to take care of that for us. And, you know, our father at this point, you know, we took over and bought the business, um, 2018 or 19. So about four or five years ago now, but we still keep him busy as well. And he picks up all of our plants from the greenhouses out in Long Island. So, um, yeah, listen, still totally a full family affair. I love that. I love it too, because. I feel like we don't see that as much anymore. You know, family businesses are really gems now. And I love that so much about you guys. And especially because it's not like succession. <laughs> it's it's a fully functioning, uh, lovely we, we don't family business. Yeah. Our, friends, our friends always like to be like, who's Roman? Who's shit? Who's Kendall? <laughs> By the way, really good finale. I don't want any spoilers. I don't say we... We don't start until it's over. So, uh, you know, I, I like to binge. I like to binge the whole thing. So don't tell me. <laughs> um, okay. So in the same vein of how you guys kind of talked about the the social media, the technology aspect, um, you know, how have you seen that change the business? Um, and also, you know, you guys now, I mean, you you have big corporate um, relationships and things like, but you're also server servicing people like Sarah Jessica Parker. You know, I saw it in the news one day. So how, how did, I guess, technology lead you down this path of, of growing it from a flower shop that did weddings? And I mean, you did my wedding, um, but to really becoming this force to be reckoned with in New York City. I think it's a little bit of, listen, putting yourself uh, having a physical storefront was one thing. And then back in the, the mid 2000s, like 2005, 2010, whatever, uh, when online started becoming a dominant force, that to me was like how I looked at our new, um, that was our new real estate location was online, right? And that just drew a lot of eyeballs, a lot of attention to us. We were the first ones getting on the map. But at the same time, we did start pivoting away from like more like events and whatnot, and just to really coming up with these really tasteful crafted arrangements that can be sent out for delivery for same day, if you will. So um, the, the 
the artisanal design with the branding over the years and with like this the online presence it really all started to come together and evolve and that is kind of how I, we haven't really done any outreach per se to some of these you know uh types of people it's just kind of come to us naturally through our branding and our online presence i would i would just add to that that we got to talk about covid's play here all right like pre uh covid we were doing everything we were your typical full service floors we're taking on weddings we were doing landscaping work in the city we're getting you know 14-foot trees up freight elevators to the rooftops in Tribeca. And, like, it was nuts. We're trying to do all these things, and COVID happens, right? Uh, we lost 80% of our corporate accounts. We probably were down 60, <clears throat> 65% uh, off our all-time highs. So you're talking about major um cuts uh, across the board, you know, from top line to, to, to labor and whatnot. And that, you know, it's, I hate the like blessing in disguise thing because it was a ridiculous time in our lives, but um, that was really a time where we could be like, listen, we were closed for six weeks, right? Mandated by the government. That was a time where we could be like, all right, what did we not like about what we were doing? You know, and like what was profitable and what wasn't. So like, first thing we're like, the landscaping really doesn't make a lot of sense. We don't have a storage unit out in Long Island City or something, and there's other companies that are doing it really well. Let's let's get out of the, that business. Uh, Christmas decorations. We used to go and set up trees and lobbies of the hotels and stuff. Nice business. Again, didn't really have the storage capacity, and it wasn't our bread and butter. And you, again, had other companies that were really getting uh, niche and just Christmas designs. All right, let's let that go. So we were like, what are we good at? We're really good at making, first of all, we get unbelievable products from Holland and across the entire world that we get shipped to JFK essentially overnight. So it's cut from the farm, shipped the next day, and then in our store. So it's from farm to our store, like pretty immediate. It's not getting shipped to Miami and then on a truck for three or four days. So our arrangements are People always gravitated towards them. We have some of the best designers in the city. So we knew we were good at that. So we needed to let more people know about that was our thinking. How do you do that? The digital marketing, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Google, PPC, Yelp, what have you, you know, getting as much advertising dollars out there to, and letting each new customer experience ordering with Scott's Flowers. Um, that was a really you know, tough decision during COVID when you're looking at your bank account and, you know, a lot of the funds that you had are just dwindling. So we, you know, found a way to, to get some extra cash and put a lot of that towards the digital marketing. At the same time, naturally, you have shops going out of business. So we're, we're organically or taking over a piece of the, the market share. Um, and we really gained a lot of clients and customers that we had people like in the Upper East Side that would just be like, hey, like, do you deliver to the Upper East Side? I'm like, yeah, we do that every single day, but they did, they just didn't know, you know, and then and now people start to know and they start telling other people. So I think really since COVID and post COVID, we've seen a huge uptick in 
um, new customers, returning customers, as well as a lot of corporate that we did lose. We picked up a lot of that back and new corporate as well. So now you got all these things that we originally said, this is what we're good at and they're all clicking. And so it's been a, uh, the past few years, I'd say since 21 has been, um, solid. So and, I and love another thing, sorry, just yeah. with a lot of the services that he said we had to like cut out and make decisions on back after COVID, another one was weddings, essentially, um, which is, you know, people ask us all the times if we're out socializing, oh, you must do weddings. Like it's just every, they actually go to weddings more so than like, oh, you sell, like you have an online business and uh, we'll go, no, we don't do weddings. And they like, they don't, they're confused looking. They're right. actually confused looking. Um, but again, it made sense for our model. And there's a lot of good florists out there that just do weddings only without our e-commerce and same day delivery and high quality flower. So it's kind of like finding your niche within the flower industry and just kind of hitting that on the head. So, And what I love most about that story that you just told, Chris, is resiliency. Um, a, a big thing I kind of talk about on this podcast a lot is how I want to teach my kids how to be resilient because I think no matter what you do in life, from any profession to any relationship you have is a sense of resiliency is the most important thing. Um, and I think, you know, both of our families did a really good job instilling that value in the both of us. Um, so I, you know, it's kind of, it's not surprising to hear that COVID was your make or break moment and that it made you guys, because I think that's very reflective of the type of humans you are um, and how that kind of translates professionally. So um, a good message for any, any parents listening about how, how that's important. And you guys are a prime example of that. Um, so, so in that same vein, um, what are the biggest struggles so the biggest highs and the biggest lows, both professionally in the flower business, but then also when working with family, you know, can you guys kind of break down um, the highs and lows from, from those two prongs? Yes. It's a good question. Um, back when I first started, especially working with my father was definitely a challenge. Um, the cliche saying old school versus new school. It's a very real thing. And that and we would in the beginning have some serious clashing and would go head to head. And I was young. I still wasn't even I wouldn't even consider myself like a mature adult yet. And sometimes I would find myself my emotions taking over and I'd have to walk out of the shop a few times. It, 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 it got pretty hairy and like tough, but you know, I think at the end of the day, family does come first and we always just respected. Now that was my personal take, but even with you know, Chris coming in and, and Johnny and then all of us together, because then you have a lot of opinions going around. You do. And at the end of the day, I think one of the most uh, valuable thing, not valuable, but one of our strengths is that we do put our family first and we make it work we make the business work around that and i don't know how it, i think a lot of you know there's a lot of other people that actually do it the other way around and I, i'm not to say that you can't do it that way but what, what works for us 
it's just respecting at the end of the day that this is your family member, my brother, you know, my father, my mother, and you you figure a way to make it work because you love that person. Uh, yes, in the business, it's one thing to like, we got to do what we got to do to, you know, grow and figure out this problem and this and that. But also on a human level, we're family. And I think we always put that first. And uh, it's kind of, I think, naturally and organically how it's worked out for us. Chris, would you want to add anything to that? Yeah, I think um, struggles definitely like learning learning everyone's uh avenue and what what within you know the brothers what we're good at right like that was the struggles that didn't happen overnight right that took time i think i'll go back to my you know our father being a an ex-military man um you know even since we were kids when he had chores around the house or we needed to do plantings in the backyard it was like all three of you up let's go like and like we knew we weren't going to be able to go play in the pool until like that got done. Right. So like that's ingrained in you since, uh, you know, we were young kids and then that kind of carried on to our, our, you know, professional, um, livelihood. And like Rob said, anytime anyone has an opinion on how something should be done or whatnot, like we, like, like old school Italian, bring it to the table. Right. And we talk about it, but we all respect everyone's take. Like, Someone might be hot about a certain angle or what we should be doing, but everyone uh, has respect for what everyone's saying. Where not to, you know, in corporate, I did feel like sometimes when we'd have conference uh, meetings and whatnot, I felt like sometimes I wasn't heard or other people in the room weren't heard. And I'm not talking down on corporate, but it's just a, a, a distinct difference that I feel and I see um, between the two. In terms of struggles and and highs like the the good times listen the good times are always just uh i feel as we continue to gain more like clients and customers and get feedback of like how much we affect so many people's lives and like how happy we really you know sometimes you get caught up in it and you're like all right here's an order and whatnot but like we get messages from some of our people that you know uh how big of a moment it was people going through some, some, you know, individual personal things and our flowers like made it a, a big change in their day. Like that's always, always awesome to get. Um, the struggles I would say learning to, to work and own a, own a business, man. Like you, you, you make a lot of mistakes. And I was going to say like, what, I think sometimes my father would get aggravated over it's like he didn't want us making the same mistakes he did. And unfortunately, what I've learned is like that's kind of the only way to learn is like we got to like step on our own toes a couple times. And we did. Yeah, we made some whatever decisions, this, that, that, you know, maybe you double think or, you know, you lose a little sleep at night. But it's how we've learned. And listen, I think. You, you talk to us now in 2023 compared to when we were first kind of rocking it together in 2015, 2016, we're different people. And, and we were, we're more confident in that, everything that we do. Um, so yeah, I think that was one of the bigger struggles. It's funny that you say that because you guys don't no, you guys don't have kids yet, but when I had my kids, you know, when you're growing up, you look at your parents and you're like, okay, like, you know, they tell you all this stuff and you're like, well, what do you really know? Or like, okay, that worked for you, but you know, it's a different time and whatever. 
And then I raise my own kids and you look at them and you're like, I just, I don't want you to do what I did. I don't want you to make the, you know, I don't want you to have to have the pain that I went through or whatever. And, and you're a hundred percent right. It is, you, you have to make, you have to let them make their own mistakes. They have to make those mistakes to learn. Um, and you know, whether it's in business or, or raising a family or whatever, it's those growing pains that, that make it stronger and better and necessary to get the, the greatest outcome that you need. So it's, it's funny to hear you talk about it. And I think the ultimate high of everything though, is that which to cap this is working with your families actually. And the fact that we all get along, I think is the biggest joy of everything. Um, it's just awesome. So it, it keeps our relationship people, it keeps our relationship actually closer and, uh, and it keeps our family closer. So I think it's a, an amazing thing. I love that. Um, all right. So to wrap this up, I'm going to ask you one more question and then I'll finish with the question I ask everyone at the end of every episode. But in terms of Scott's Flowers, the industry, you know, where do you guys see that going in the next five years? Um, where would you like to take it? You know, what's, what's the, what's the plan? It's a good question. Um, <laughs> for us, you know, it's, we like we were talking about the e-commerce right did really well so initially our, our thinking recently has been to expand our delivery areas to as far as we could go right to to get more clients to um try and enjoy their experience with scott's flowers so we started delivering further out to suffolk county even in long island um going up as far as like connecticut and whatnot so just pushing our boundaries of how far we could deliver. We also launched a like national dried flower campaign where we could ship them nationally. And again, we get a lot of people who are in California or something and their daughters in New York and they send flowers and they're like, wow, that was a great experience. And then they're like, oh, I could also get this for me for the home and I'm out here in California. So that's kind of been um, our focus recently. We're going to be doing some pop-up shops and stuff like that to try and uh, do some, yeah, do some partnerships that we have planned. And then, um, I mean, when you're talking five years down the line, I do think we're going to do some sort of expansion to another kind of physical location outside the city um, to try and grow that presence. Again, the the thing that it gets, um, not tricky, but that I don't want to lose focus of is maintaining again what we're good at just because we expand and go somewhere else i don't want to like go up to westchester and start doing weddings in westchester like i, I think we got a good thing and there's a reason we're good at it so i want to take that and kind of push that to further um areas throughout the tri-state area cool great well let me know when you come up to connecticut you'll be, <laughs> the, fir be, you'll be the first one <laughs> pop-ups is kind of a way that we're experimenting uh, i think we're doing one first this fall uh like in the upper east side so like we we have a few ideas and we're going to kind of see what kind of reactions we get to certain neighborhoods because we might even just stay in the city and open up another location here so we're we're playing around with it we have ideas and uh we'll see what happens all right well i'm excited guys that's great um all right so my favorite question that I ask every guest, and you guys each answer separately. Um, what is your favorite family tradition and why? Favorite family tradition. It's a great question. 
personal business? No, personal. Or? Personal. I mean, it could be either or, but you know. Yeah, it's a good one. It's a really good one. You want to start? <laughs> Chris has one. Uh, for me, it's going to be, um, I mean, it's kind of like cheesy, but like our like family trips that we do up to Lake George, like all the time are uh, just like this full circle of life kind of thing where we've been going up to Lake George since we were little kids. That's for you. And, um, you know, I, I know that my dad used to like go up there with my mom, like when he, they first started dating and stuff. And, you know, like now I have, uh, my fiance and, um, you know, she's been going there with her family and like, I'm going to totally be bringing my kids up there. My dad, you know, this might be a little morbid, but he wants to like be cremated and get like some of his ashes like in that lake. So like that place really, is just like a, uh, a, a special place to, to our family. And every time I'm there, it's just, um, it's, it just really like gives you a lot of perspective about like life and, um, it's special. It's a really special place for us. So that's, for me, that's it. Yeah, I remember. I remember that trip always being your guys. I mean, forever. That's been your favorite trip. So I'm not surprised that that's. So not not to like repeat, Chris, but because like, I was thinking of saying Lake George as well. But even though we've as we've gotten older, things change, and you don't go on those same same family vacations. You go, you know, right. anymore. You know, people get married, and whether you have kids, we don't. But things change, evolve, and you know, life goes on. But yes, Lake George is like the nucleus and foundation, I think, of our family's tradition. Uh, at, at the same time, um, holidays, and I know it's cliche, but Christmas time is always a really like very wholesome time. Uh, I get very nostalgic uh, every time I go home. I still like, I'll, I'll literally sleep, I sleep back in my bed at home. And I always think about like, our mom did a really good job and with that support of like, giving us really good Christmases. Mm -hmm. um, so kind of, you know, it, literally that nostalgia makes you feel super young, a little giddish, even as like an older, you know, adult now. Um, so we've always done a great job during that time of the year. Again, feeling really that feeling inside when you leave, it's just, it's hard. You, you can't describe it. You can't explain it, but it really brings you back and um, really makes you reflect and think. Uh, so that, and of course, the Lake George thing, what Chris said is just, uh, that's the palace is right there for sure. That's nice. Yeah. People say you can't go home again. We go home all the time and we love it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Come on. Oh, that's awesome. Um, well, guys, thank you so much for coming on. This was so fun. Um, and hopefully we'll see you soon. And I have to, I have to give you a, a big hug and congratulations when I see you, Chris, for the engagement. So thank you. Um, thank you. There you go, Chino. You're on your way. It's great talking uh, with you as well. Um, and we appreciate it as well. We, we always enjoy talking about like, you know, you kind of like lose sight of how, how you even got here, like how we're sitting in this, this conference room never even used to be a conference room. It was a storage closet that we got renovated. And so, so like <laughs> the whole, the whole place is, the whole place is totally different, but uh, yeah, it was great chat. Awesome. Well, I love you guys, and hopefully we'll see you soon. We'll see you soon. Take care, Al.